0: What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene People up in Lubbock, people up in the Maha City in Denver, Colorado People up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos with us. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Uh, the only thing we ask you to do is be patient during the Breaks and call during the uh, breaks and be patient during the long segments and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, I'll read those and respond to those in real time and read them on air. If not, I'll respond to those later. Uh, you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page as well. And also keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the shows live, You can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week, 365. And also, if you are traveling or you're in a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio wise, uh, you can also log on the same website, sportsgrindonline.com, and you can click the play button and we'll be there. Also, if we're being preempted by play by play, 877 37 Grind. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? I was going to ask you. I mean, I figured because, you know, you take things in stride. You'd be like, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, you okay? And keep in mind for the listeners, um, I have purposely, purposely not had any conversation with Mr. Clark about last night's game on purpose because I want to save for the ring. To get the raw emotion, the rawest emotion. You all right, man? You ready to go?
1: As ready as I'm going to be, Cal?
0: Yeah. Low energy yeah. day today. And you got to think, just to pull the curtain back a little bit for the listeners. In my studio at my casa, I have this screen, I have this flat screen TV that's on the wall where basically the production of the show, like the Facebook Live and all that is on there. And, you know, Jonas's job is to set up the show, get the thing going. So every day when he comes in here, To get the door, you know, get the show started, there's a big screensaver that's on my flat TV of Nick Chubb. Okay, every day. It's been like that since we've started working in this particular studio and building the studio. Now, Jonas has to be good at what he does because I have never let anything where I lay my head at night to have to do with the NFL to have outside of the blue and orange to have that much consistency of presence in the house that I dwell so just to let you know it's a personal thing with Mr. Clark but I want to talk about that we're going to get into that here shortly okay? because I'm going to rehash some conversations that we had in the summer since the running backs dominated the conversations from all landscapes But definitely, so yes, so uh, was waiting to see how he was doing, was going to wait for the show today. Uh, We'll definitely dive into that game. Uh, last night We've got some other things Doing at the top uh, I believe next hour We're going to be joined By Eric Brown uh, Former safety Denver Broncos Super Bowl champion You know They're fresh off of Celebrating 25 years Anniversary of that Super Bowl You know Those two years And back to back Always get confused Like it runs conjunction From that Packers win To that Atlanta But Eric uh, Is on that team Basically And I have to ask him Because I don't believe I can't remember If he was on that 97 team or not But he's on the team That won against Ant Atlanta. So he was. So you confirm? No, he wasn't on that original year before. Yeah, Yeah.
1: ninety-eight was his first year in the league. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. And he was. He was a starter as as a rookie. Oh no, I mean he definitely, you know, uh, made noise in my backyard um, with the uh, Juts and Converse Rockets. And yes, this this is one of those that yes, I will because of that intersection of Denver Orange, we will open Eric Brown. Uh, on the show, one uh, guy that used to go to high school. Shout out to uh, you know uh, my man that set up the uh, interview uh, for us, uh, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Saunders. Uh, shout out to him because you know he, he listens to the show, been listening to it for a while. I said, "Hey man, I'm good with Eric. You know they're celebrating that 25. You should have him on the show." I said, "Yeah." Check out with Jonas. Have it set up. So, shout out to Kevin for getting it done. But we're going to be joined by him in the second hour. So, we've got that going on. What do you got, Jonas? And if I'm not mistaken,
1: I'm pretty sure he was also on the inaugural Houston Texans team, I know he was too. with the
0: Houston. Uh, I think he college. He went to Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, that was his first year. And then I remember when he got went to the Texans. So Yeah, yes. he was on
1: that 2002 Houston uh-huh. Texans. Yeah. So yeah. Talk it's about a, young teams. He's been around it. No, he has.
0: I mean, he was he was he was all class at safety. Um, like I'm gonna tell him, we might have to see if he got anything left to take as thin as they are. That team is they used to that franchise he won a Super Bowl with is thin in safety. But yeah, we've got news on them too. Uh speaking of the Broncos, Rex Ryan did send some subliminal messages, I think, to Sean Payton and troll him a little bit. But can you blame him? Uh, And also, speaking of that team, you know, they're going to start their preparations for the Miami Dolphins. And I will tell you, uh, this is that spot that will have a lot riding on my brother Vance Joseph with the spotlight continuing to get larger and larger around him with one of the top offenses in the NFL uh, coming to task and them taking that trip down to Florida. So we're going to get into that. Uh, we've got, uh, we'll get to see what these other injuries are like. I know Detroit's looking like they, they have lost, they possibly have lost their starting safety for the year. So we'll get with Jonas to see what are some of the other bigger injuries that we're talking about in the National Football League. Uh, also uh, WNBA playoffs resume uh, tonight uh, as they march on trying to crowned the WNBA champion uh, so I'll definitely have my eyes on that tonight like I said I think the product and everything has gotten better I mean you know I've been doing this now for 19 years and you know probably I would say 17 of those I never really paid attention to the WNBA uh, and so much and, and of course but you can't you know I was always a fan of women's basketball because Pat Summit, rest her soul you know I've always thought she's one of my favorite coaches not favorite female coaches she's one of my favorite coaches period of all time and I think what she did with women's basketball got me to gravitate Early on, but when it talks about you know kind of being excited for a WNBA playoff or this, it has to do because the I believe in my opinion the products got better, they market the teams better, and the this young generation of young women, uh, the game they're doing things in my opinion athletic wise that you know even generations before them were kind of challenged. So I'm excited about the WNBA playoffs. Uh, Speaking of the hardwood, NBA, um, Wimby has spoken. OK. Um, and Wimby has come out and said, hey, he's committed to the 2024 Summer Olympics for France. And he said the only goal is to go win the goal. OK. And it got me to thinking, all right, that this is a situation in my backyard. I'm not talking about Spur fans really abroad. Um, you know, in other cities, other states, but really the ones that are in my backyard in the 210. It got me thinking that, you know what, we're going to go, this is going to be the Manu situation again, I believe, times 10. And the tug of war where you're going to get a certain, a good chunk of Spurs fans here locally that are going to cringe because of the fact that this guy is going to be playing on his national team. Which I think by now... You know, and I hope I'm wrong about that because I think by now, I think even the diehardest of Spurs fans, they want to say, he plays, we're paying him, and he's why he's got to go. You know, I just feel that, you know, by now, with the international game being so enriched into the NBA and all these multiple stars, I would like to think that Spurs local, I call them local Spurs fans, would kind of ease up and understand that comes with the territory. But I think with his hype and, you know, the importance he's going to have with this particular, I'm assuming – and maybe I kind of over-exaggerated over a little bit in regards to saying times 10. Uh, maybe it probably won't be that high, but I think it'd still be a concern. But now that I think about it, it, it should be – it comes with the territory. But he made that announcement, and it sounds like he's – I mean, he ain't just going to go. It sounds like he's going like, hey, I'm trying to get the damn gold because what else – I mean, just think what that can do, adding that to my resume. What do you got?
1: I don't think there's going to be as much pushback as you kind of think. You Uh know, looking back at the Manu times because the title window's not open. I think that it was Hmm. different with Manu to where you're 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 talking about we're playing in in, you know in May. All right, Spurs haven't played in May in in a couple of years now. Okay, just a few. Um, And then you look also too how that how that's changed a little bit a couple you know, the last Olympics, Keldon Johnson okay. was on that roster, got that gold medal, and you know, San Antonio was all, you know, excited for him to be there. Uh, granted, it wasn't yeah. the first overall pick. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't, you know, the extraterrestrial, the right. franchise maker.
0: Um, but still, you look at it and it's like, oh, a, a spur made it to the roster. Awesome. I agree with everything you said. Ninety-five percent of what you said, and I think you are correct. The only thing, the other five percent that I don't agree with is Keldon's not a good sample size. Keldon is not. Um, no, Keldon's not. First of all, in my opinion, Faceldon passed up Keldon on this team, talent wise and dog wise. And I'm a fan of Keldon Johnson. But the reality of it is, he's got passed up. So to me, Keldon doesn't move the needle to make Spurs fans nervous. Like, oh, he's playing the Olympics. No, we're talking about the number the chosen one to kind of you know bring this franchise back from the depths of what it's been for years now so but i do like your point with that's why i said i kind of overreacted with saying times 10 and i do i do agree with that's a good point you brought up in regards to you're right there was a lot of basketball being played then and it was a championship type of team and really the criticism came after i think title number two uh, with Manu, and then when he had that ticking Tom bomb, which was his ankle. So yeah, I'll take it back down to probably from a ten to two and a half. Because you sold me on that. That's that's a hell of a point. That's a big factor. Because it, it'd be different if, like, you know, you're talking about a team that's really going to be in the Western Conference Finals. Yes, but <laughs> I mean, like we do always on this show, we'll get ahead of the curve on it because that's hopefully what the type of player that eventually that's going to become. A issue he's only 19 years old so he this is i mean he's going to have a lot of these olympics for it i've told you the difference between other countries whether it's france you know whether it's argentina germany these guys they take that to heart like it's not one of those like hey man i've done it twice already like okay that's the american spoil nba player way for the most now not all america because there's some that will do it till the wheels fall off you know, I think that's one of the things that Carmelo Anthony, you know, we're so critical of his of his career, former Denver Nugget. You know, I think we don't we, we kind of like sped by and didn't appreciate how much he donated to the U.S. national team. I mean, hell, I think he left his all time leading score uh, in American U.S. national, international basketball. So, um, yes, but I will tell you, you're right, Jonas. I think, first of all, we won't have to worry about that. But eventually, that's going to be a topic uh, here. But I think by that time, the other thing true, the reason why I'll even take it down to two and a half, because the international game, I mean, everybody's going to deal with that. I mean, the Spurs kind of really, you know, I won't say they really started the whole international flux, but they made it popular. They they made it a hit song. You know, like, Jaycee made a hotline and made it a hit song. you know, Yeah. Also. Baseball, if we don't run out of time, you know, there's coming down to crunch time in Major League Baseball. We'll check with Jonas to see some of the updated uh, wild card uh, chases uh, going on. Um I know the Or did I think the Orioles rallied last night to take down the Astros if I'm not mistaken. And they did and, oh, yeah.
1: and a keeping in in that series alone is both the both teams are leading and fighting to you know they're chasing their magic number if you yeah, will, right? Yeah, there you go. Um and so the Astros are that that number is sitting at 11. Right. 11 wins yet and the Orioles is 9.
0: Hmm, yeah, I knew this was a big one going in. Uh, this particular series. Um, what I'm, you don't know, have to answer it now, but what I am eager to see is what exactly are the Dodgers still playing for? We know they clinched the division again you figure they should have more World Series rings for how many damn times they won that division. But I am interested to look to see exactly what the Dodgers could possibly still be, uh, you know, playing for. But we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, college football, uh, definitely we'll look at some of these early matches. Just put them out there. We're not going to break it down. It's only Tuesday. We'll save that for Friday, starting that Thursday and Friday. Um, the big matchups, we've got some key top 25 matchups as well. Uh, other thing in college, I know we didn't really touch on it yesterday as we were talking about the game between Colorado State uh, and Colorado, uh, the fallout. Now, I know I did touch on that. I thought for sure the first five, seven minutes of real time watching that game, it was just really like, we want to fight. We want to fight you. You've been disrespecting us. There's been a lot of talk, trash, blah, blah, blah. Colorado State players, man, screw y'all. Y'all y'all think y'all better than us. We went to high school with you, yada, yada, all this kind of stuff. But so we were kind I already said that, but the reality of it is, on a serious note – um, we all know what happened to Travis Hunter. Um, in my opinion, I think it was uh, it was a cheap shot. It was one of those hit of the moment because I feel like if it wasn't all the trash talking before and the hype that was centered around the coach between Dion spending all day on first take and on the four-letter network and Fox, I think that's a hit that doesn't take place at the, the way it took place. But it has come out. I believe it's been reported he has like a lacerated kidney
2: uh, uh, liver,
0: liver. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a liver. All right, my apologies. Still, that's bad. But he's going to be out three weeks. But the gentleman, what's the name of the young man, uh, Jonas, who delivered the hit? Uh, Henry Blackburn. Henry Blackburn. Uh, it said that his family, immediate family, and himself have received death threats um, for some way, somehow. And I don't even know. You know, I understand in certain things in certain states and city are public information, but. Um, You know, the fact to go ahead and expose this young man's family's address and his address um, is really, you know, really terrible. Um, I thought it was a dirty hit. Um, But I think to go to the extreme in this day and time. And again, this is the social media effect. This is the mentality of the world we live in. In my opinion, that whole social media era where you just got to scream it and screw you. And I'm going to do that. But the thing that's alarming is that in this day in 2023, it is so easy and accessible out there. You don't even have to be a Russian hacker. okay? That hacks into the MGM. And they paid a ransom for that. Do you know, understand? I, that's a, If you don't know what happened, you know, last week, you know, MGM lost a lot of their properties, had it shut down. They got hacked, cyber hacked. And one of the entities basically that did it, they ended up having to pay a $15 million ransom. I'm like, wow. But anyway, you don't even have to be one of those and you can get an information on somebody's address and pretty much basically go ahead and expose it. And have it set up to where you're trying to conflict from. That's a big problem to me. That's a big problem. So that's going on. Uh, but when we get back, we'll start by taking a putting a bow on week two of the National Football League as the Steelers defense dominates the Cleveland Browns last night. We'll definitely get into that and the follow up of the horrific, sad injury of uh, Nick Chubb yesterday. You listen to the Sports Grind today's show is being presented by Dosakis. Get a dose.
2: drowning in water, I just bought a
0: Cuban ditty All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and 2s seven three seven. 87-37 Grind is your number. Today's show <laughs> is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. So we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Keep in mind if you're looking to check out what the latest new products are in, make sure you don't forget about specsonline.com. the fun starts here and keep in mind if you already know what you want but you just want an order directly and delivered to your doorstep also you go to specsonline.com as well they are official sponsor of the sports crime and an official partner of the dallas cowboys which speaking of the dallas cowboys i'll get to them shortly uh in regards to jerry jones which i kind of knew about this yesterday but it's again it's trying to recap as much as the college and the nfl action that took place over the weekend that I kind of wanted to touch on this yesterday, but this is about his comments in regards to wanting and really being an advocate or wanting to be an advocate to push for uh, more minority ownership, which I definitely have my thoughts on that that we'll get here to shortly. But let's start with putting a bow on week two, because let's not forget, the headline of the concert was the Cleveland Browns and the Steelers. But prior to that, about an hour earlier, we had the we had the Saints And the Carolina Panthers, uh, which we'll get to them. But I'm going to go with the headliners uh, of last night. Uh, Because for one, I thought the game was a a good game. It was a physical kind of game. That's kind of the stuff that I like. I'm a defensive guy always. So, you know, it is encouraging for me to see, you know, two offensive struggles a little bit to move the ball up the field. There was some hard hitting going on. Uh, But Pittsburgh really just um, dominated defensively. Um, the Cleveland Browns offense. Now, this, first of all, the first quarter kind of took forever. I mean, I know A.C. Turner's like, damn, it's still the first quarter? The first quarter, I, I can't remember first quarter that's really dragged on like that, but it dragged on. Uh, but however, um, you know, I can't say enough. You know, when you look at Pittsburgh's defense, and I mean, part of them is the reason why I picked them to win the North when they pretty much was like the – third longest long shots to even win that division. Um, And some of it had to do what I thought I saw early on with Kenny Pickett and the office, which we'll get to hear to them shortly. But the defense is really why I felt that, you know what, this is going to be one of the better defenses in the league. Now, T.J. Watt. Okay, I can start with him. Um, You know, if you look at right now in 2023 – Without a doubt, I think we've got three guys. I'm I'm taking all positions, okay, all positions. If you want to exclude the quarterback position, I guess we can. But out of all positions, we've got three guys right now in 2023 that are like they're wrecking games. They have the potential, the truly potential, wreck games because I think we also you know me I'm a guy that I don't like to throw around words like like, oh there you know he's a shutdown corner or this is the best I've seen or top so I don't take this lightly but we've got three guys right now that can literally are the best at wrecking games that's Micah Parsons up until now right now currently and I think he's going to stay like that if he has good health but I'm not trying to put him past Lawrence Taylor already Bosa and San Fran and T.J. Watt. I believe those are three guys that just have it's something special. You're not putting Aaron Donald in this conversation? Currently in 2023, Aaron Donald has – I think he has some good football left in him, but I think Aaron Donald has a lot of miles on him. And I think, of course, he's still – but I, I think right now, currently, not over the last five – we're talking about over the last five years, of course I put Aaron Donald there. But I think through – and it's early – through two weeks of football – Early on, I just think there's three guys that you can put outside because you can sit there and let's say if you want, because I thought about this, let's say if you're thinking about, well, Calvin, what about Tyreek Hill? Well, I think Tyreek Hill is definitely nightmares for defensive coordinators, but he has been proven there is somewhat of a blueprint that – you know, Bill has put out there on how to at least contain him or bracket him. The New England's not really the only team that's done it. They're the most consistent team that knows how to do it. So I would say he's on that outside, you know, maybe looking, but I'm talking about where guys and offensive line coaches, offensive coordinators know that we cannot let that guy wreck the game and they you know it's coming but they still do it and i think to me i didn't even know this and i always preach about people not i don't think the nfl does a good enough job in really go in regards to celebrating the history of the game and letting their young fans know about the history the game like let's say baseball does um but to sit there and hear that last night that tj watt is now the all-time sack leader in Pittsburgh. That kind of blew me away. First of all, I didn't I just kind of lost the fact that he was even that close. But when I start thinking about some of the defensive guys that have played for Pittsburgh in that organization. I mean, you can go back. You don't even have to just go back to the Steel Curtain days. You can go to some of some of them early Bill Coward, Coward days. Some Even some of the Mike Tom Like, some of the guys that have played to know that this guy has already, which I think he's right now in his prime. I mean, he's in his prime career, entering his prime, and he already holds the all-time sacks in that franchise. That is impressive considering the franchise he's playing for. What do yeah, you he's 28 years old. I think he's in his prime. I mean, he, he's in his prime, man. I mean, you know, he takes. it's obvious he takes good care of his body. Um, he has quite a few years left. I mean, I know he's had some pectoral injuries. He had the injury last year that signed him, uh, that sidelined him, and it was a big difference. But his leadership on that defense, I mean, they won that game last night. I mean, from the get-go of the tip pass, tip drill – Uh, you know, just the way they dominated. They really basically dominated that game. Now, that last play might have could have been some laundry on the field, but I figured the way they were letting them play, you could see how they might not have blown that whistle. And that's why I think on the other side, let's go to the other side. And and before, before we go to the other side, look, I was high on the potential of Kenny Pickett this year. Uh, I took him in two fantasy leads. He doesn't start for me, but I backed him up on the bench. Took him in two fantasy leads. Took his boy Pickens in one lead. So I was expecting big things of this offense. I do feel, and this kind of goes from my take on the other side as well too. Uh, when we get to Cleveland, but we have to put in perspective now. Uh, what's my offensive coordinator over there? Can what's his uh, name? Matt Canada. Matt Canada. It's looking a little shaky, but the reality of it is they have faced the 49ers in week one, and they have faced the Cleveland Browns defense. These are, they have faced two defenses, including themselves, that are going to be top five, top six worst case scenario defenses. And that's it. That's with these two these teams collecting injuries. Now I think Pittsburgh is the one team that if they lose T.J. Watt, it, I've seen it with my own eyes. It affects that defense and team totally different. I mean, I can't remember a player. Probably have to go back to Lawrence Taylor days. A guy that basically was on a team on the defensive side. If he got hurt and missed, it's going to affect the offense too. He you just can't replace him. He's a beast. And don't ask me, and I'm not ready to ask, is he better than his brother? I don't know. I mean, he. I mean, it's early on. He's on the right path. He has. When it's all said and done, and his accolades, he might, he might be able to go ahead and take that mental, But I'm not ready to have that conversation yet. But I think my point is, is that I think with Kenny Pickett in this offense, because you got some Steeler fans, and, and it is a concern. But I think to put things in perspective, they played two hell of a five defenses coming out the gate. Now, the thing that's alarming with them, they haven't been able to run the ball that good in the first two weeks. But again, these are two defenses in Cleveland the 49ers, and 49ers. It ain't going to be too many teams running on them if they stay healthy. So that's my side with the Pittsburgh. I do think it is a concern because your defense is not you can't count on your defense to get a pick six and a scoop and score every every week. I mean, they I mean, they score two touchdowns in the defense. I had him in fantasy last night. He made an executive decision. It was either going to be Cleveland or Pittsburgh to start defensively. I went with Pittsburgh. Won the game. But that's the way I look at it. On the Cleveland side, couple things. Let's start with uh, the devastation of the in- in- injury with Nick Chubb. Um, first of all, I didn't. I, you know, I was looking down at my computer, looking up. I didn't see it really happen live. I mean, I saw. The hit, but I didn't really see him go down. I saw the circle go around. Um, and then when I hear Troy and Joe Buck say, Oh, this is too gruesome. It's like, yeah, we're not saying showing this or whatever. Um, I automatically had to think that this is compound fracture, bone sticking out. Now, I didn't go seeking this because I don't really like to see these type of injuries. Uh, but it came across my feet. AC went and saw it and like, I don't want to see that. But then I could try to avoid it, but then it pops up in one of my feeds and I see a still shot. Now, it looked gruesome, but I have seen injuries worse. I mean, I'm surprised that they didn't want to, and everything that they replay, I get it. I'm not killing them for not showing it, but I'm just saying when they, you know, kind of, you know, commentated, I'm like, well, damn, I thought it was a bone stick or whatever. Um, but regardless, the thing that started seeking my mind is this is the reason why Jonathan Taylor is sitting still at home, why they had a neutral mutual agreement on the pup list for him to be out the first four games and he doesn't want to go run for 2.3 million dollars I feel bad for Chubb because I've always liked Chubb, even when he was with Georgia. I mean, everybody that's met him, he's a nice dude. I mean, listen to the Pittsburgh crowd last night. I mean, that shows you how much respect they have for him. I mean, that's a you know, we live in that crazy you know you know barbaric lifestyle that we live in our society, especially in NFL. You got people that steady tall, whatever. The stadium was silent, and they were basically chanting Chubb. That shows you, from one, how intelligent that most Pittsburgh Steelers are fans, and how much respect they have for the man. Because I think really. If you really listen to him and you follow him, he's a guy that is hard not to like. OK, but let's keep it 100 and keep it real. As the youngsters say, this is the worst timing of his injury that he could have. It's the worst timing. I mean, he's coming in and playing in his final year. And this is the reason why the guys that are under the center, the guys that get the big money in the big bag, the quarterbacks. This is why a lot of them and their ages do not want them going in their final year. And playing in their contract, and nine times out of ten, they get done if they're that guy. If they're the franchise guy, they get done early. Running backs, as we know, we don't need to rehash it, but running backs are expected, like, hey man, y'all Adama doesn't go. He was gonna, him and Jonathan Taylor was gonna be the two left of the last of the dying breed to try to switch the pendulum financially back towards some respectability of the quarter of the running back position. Jonathan's holding strong. You know, um, you know this is one of those things that I think if he had the money, he'd be ready to go. I think the PUP list is a mutual agreement between him and the Indianapolis Colts. You're going to have to put up and shut up in two weeks when he comes off of that. But I think with Chubb, we'll never know really what the intentions were going to be with Cleveland and Chubb at the contract because now the money was getting – he's not getting that. I mean, this is the same leg that he did in Georgia, I believe, in 2015 – This is one of those injuries that's probably going to leak all the way into next year and beyond, depending on that. He's a freak of nature. I'm never going to underestimate somebody's rehab. But the difference between 2015 in Georgia and now he's got miles on him and he's older. And I remember watching the interview with NFL Network in training camp when they were down there at the Browns training camp, and the focal point was, you know, Derek Henry had spoke about the running back. Everybody and they wanted him, and he said, "Hey, look, man, my goal is like, yeah, you know, I do think we need to be respected." And they asked him blunt out about his final years of contract. What do you look? He said, like, "Well, hey, I'm on a contract this year. I'm looking the ball, and this is what, and then we'll worry about that later." He had the right mentality, but at the end of the day, he's gonna get screwed. He's gonna get screwed. Now, I'm hoping the Browns do right by him, which I think they will, but he's not going to get a fraction of what he would have gotten. So just a sad situation, but this is the reason why I beat the drum on why running backs are not all created equal. And that they got to get paid. And, you know, you can use, you know, the Barkley situation in the desert, which he's out maybe a couple weeks. I haven't heard the update with him. You can use this Chubb situation. You can do what you want and say, hey, well, this on the other hand, I look at the glass half full. This is the reason why the owners don't want to pay him. And I feel like if that's the case, then we really need to go to more of a running back by committee because actually some of these guys are getting workloads such as the Henry, such as the Chubb, but it's just sad in a situation in regards to the impact that it's going to have on him. And that could have on the Browns in the future. So with that said, before I want to get into my thoughts about Deshaun Watson, because I feel like I want to set some things straight on that. But before I do that, did you see the play Jonas happen live? And what was your initial thoughts and really what and I know you've like you covered the team professionally you've grown up in that area so I know you've kind of gotten a feel of the media sense of what the local scene up there is like this morning day but what is the narrative of what's going on around them how devastating and so much you, you knew you lost the game the street go I couldn't imagine I know I, I don't know if you brought it up I'm like damn they haven't started 2-0 and in that damn long it's like they they felt an opportunity but what was your initial thoughts and feelings when you saw that
1: Devastation, yeah. Depression, gutted. Um, I mean, because more than you know, what what he represents on the football field, and Nick Chubb's just been an amazing person, an amazing person to follow because he's he he shows up to work every day. He does a lot of work in the off season, uh, and he does it very quietly. It wasn't until what, maybe a year or two that ago that the, that his workout videos started to float around the internet of him lifting crazy high bars. This is a guy so humble that he goes back and trains at his high school huh. because it because it reminds him of where he started. Okay, so there and and, and he doesn't celebrate after touchdowns. It's it, it's a running joke. Uh you know there's memes around the internet where where it's like uh Nick Chubb's post game comments and then it's just a blank text you know cuz huh. they'll, they'll do like you know pictures of quotes or whatever like that Yeah. and it's just two quotation marks because he doesn't say anything uh NFL films did the you know had him mic'd up for a game and all you heard was him grunting while he was running and then like somebody comes over and he scores a touchdown somebody says you know good job he just yeah Huh. he's cuz he's just a working a working guy and so from that part not even, like I said not even the player the, but the guy that he has mm-hmm. been uh just just horrible yeah. just horrible um I did see the play live but I didn't see the angle right. live yeah uh and like you I wasn't seeking it out right. uh, I I trusted Joe Buck when he's like you don't you don't need to see it <laughs> I was like okay thank you uh right. and and then scrolling through Twitter and of course saw it yeah and I was just like Sick, yeah. Just sick in my stomach. Um, it, it's weird because I, I told you yesterday, we were in one of the breaks. We were talking about about the game, and I said I just got a bad feeling tonight. Hmm. got a bad. You said, "Oh, Jonas, you you always feel, you always feel nervous, you always feel bad about this." It's I said, I, I, "I just have a bad that. feeling, man." And then it, it, yeah, I'm just just broken. Uh, Cleveland is broken right now listen to five hours of radio coverage this morning I woke up extra early huh. because I because I couldn't sleep uh. I couldn't even fall asleep last night because you're you just it's so t- uh, tough it's so early I mean look at the momentum he had in that game and we knew the impact with yesterday what what are the what is Cleveland Cleveland's keys to this don't get cute you got a defense. You got one of the top two running backs in the game. Huh. Lean on those two factors, and and you come out. You get cute with the first play, pick six, and then Kevin Stefanski's like, "Oh wait a minute, I do have I do have Nick Chubb here. We do have a strong defense, and your know, defense makes Nick Chubb in in his quarter of football averaged six yards per carry, huh. and got you down to the goal line. Huh. And then the defense turned around and did their job." Just and, and, and I, this is this was supposed to be. You hear it every year. This is supposed to be the Browns' year. Everybody was riding high on them again this year. Um, it was supposed to be. I, I wasn't. You go back to our predictions. I still had them finishing third in the division. Um, it. it I, I. I have no.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the one thing you said that that's kind of crazy, because I was there at one point uh, in regards to when you say, hey, I couldn't sleep. Like, look, man, and it's scary because I don't know if just because I'm getting used to it or not, but that part of it is probably more of just the professional. I mean, when it comes to the Broncos, look, you want good health, you want everything, but it ain't nothing. A loss, three picks, a blown 21.3, it ain't nothing keeping me up at night because of that but I get you but that's the part there's a lot of people like you because that's the fandom part of you that that emotion and I think you know again it's that whole black cloud around the organization in regards to here we go again I've got some other final thoughts on that game before we get back Um, also we are going to be joined by Eric Brown uh, former Super Bowl champion of the Denver Broncos safety they're just coming off the 25th anniversary celebration we'll talk to him and see what that was about you're looking to listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by those get a dose.
2: When life sounds too much like this It's time to consider more of this Sometimes a little shift is all you need Dos of perspective. Dos X lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobell's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging. It's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobell is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you! Ha! Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.